Welcome to Just Off Point. This is episode two. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Dexter. And here we have our guest today, Kristen Bell. But not that Kristen Bell that you might be thinking of. No, this is her sister from another mister. I joke, but this is our good friend, Kristen T. Bell. Wrestler, artist, and DM extraordinaire. Hi, Kristen. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing the T sets me apart. Uh, sadly, no relation to the actress. But uh, when Frozen came out, people kept asking me about Veronica Mars. And it's just... Uh, and that's Which is a great show, by the way. Everywhere. I haven't seen Veronica Mars, but it's a great show, I've heard. <laughs> I've also heard it was a great show. My, I had an ex's roommate. He used to watch it religiously, so I was watching it from our college dorm vicariously through them. But yeah, it had some good stuff. Uh, but enough about Veronica Mars. <laughs> We're here today to do our one of our segments, The Uncanny Dodge, with you, Kristen. And um, for those of you who are new to the pro show... And because this is technically our first program of the Uncanny Dodge, um, we're going to just do a deep dive into one of Kristen's uh, D&D adventures. Um, told through the story of uh, as if she was her character was in a tavern with our characters. And Joe, do you have anything you want to uh, add okay, to that? So let, what I wanted to say, pretty much the concept of Uncanny Dodge is uh, what we're going to have today and uh, in the future episodes would be um, we invite guests over, bring, they bring over a character, and then um, the Burden Gentleman are, uh, is uh, mine and Dexter's respective uh, characters, and uh, pretty much we'll be interviewing them about their greatest um, or most memorable adventures or uh, um, campaigns and um, skirmishes, preferably something with a lot of, uh, or featuring a whole bunch of badassery and nonsense or intrigue because or intrigue yeah exactly so um there can be uh you know i'm pretty sure uh, we'll hear some crazy stories like you know if you put yourself in the situation where if you were like like we said in that setting of a tavern dexter um you'd be like this person looks interesting let's hear his or her story you know their story so um, that's pretty much the concept. Um, so, um, should probably, Dexter, would you like to? Yeah. yeah. No, just this, because this is the first time we're doing this, we should probably set up like a name of the tavern just to like, you know, solidify things. We don't have to do that now. But oh, it's something... like an entire. I know that's like an entire episode <laughs> in and of itself. This is the definition of having a, having a meeting when it could have been an email. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, times. Um I guess Great. I guess for now we'll just use the name of the current um one that we have in our current campaign. Uh the only inn in town. Hey, the only inn in town sounds great cuz where else are you going to go? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah. Okay. So, um uh quick background. Um hey Kristen. Yep. Do you remember and this is a big deal to me of september thank you kristen you took the words out of my mouth what happened oh my god okay so now i can't say that now uh, <laughs> sorry but 
Kirsten, if you if you were not aware, you're actually the reason why I actually got into D and D. True story. True story. Um, do you remember that, Kirsten? It was five. No, it was D and D next during the time. Uh, yeah, I believe I was running one of the playtest materials. Correct. Yes. Uh, tell me what you remember about that. I'm pretty sure it was me and a buddy of mine. Uh, yeah, it was you and a buddy of yours. Um, I believe there was a. Oh my god, my memory is so shoddy. We can we can blame the multiple concussions from wrestling. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we uh, this was before fifth edition became a uh, became a, a a solidified thing, and basically they were kind of. It seemed like they were basically they were using uh, the weekly games that were hosted at various places as like a testing ground. And I believe one of them w involved uh, involved us uh, uh, ten towns and um, and the uh, and the pos and I think there was like a murder mystery going on. No, 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 it was a political struggle. Political struggle uh, involving three factions. And um, no, 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 it was a murder mystery with a political struggle. Oh my! You know what? And I don't even remember what my first character was. I know I remember <laughs> the first main character I played with you. Yeah, I remember. Oh, uh, man. I, I believe. You Yours was Bird. Um, no, Bird did not exist back then. Oh. Wasn't it your... I don't even remember what my character name I, I, was. I, thought, yeah. I just remember it was the um, Warforged. That's what you always tell me. Your Warforged... That was the main one. Oh, uh, okay. Warforged was the main one, but it was, was still next. However, oh. prior to that, I had two characters. It was a Bard, and it was a Halfling Rogue who pretty much critted some guy's foot a whole bunch of times. Didn't you also like get a goblin to commit suicide by uh, by using um uh, by using one of your cantrips? I may have, and on hindsight, that sounds really horrible. <laughs> oh, vicious mockery! Yes, uh, vicious mockery. <laughs> Bart, yeah. Oh, I remember. Uh, I think one of the scenes that happened. I, I don't know if you know this one, Dex, but I, if it's not the first session, it was the second session, mm -hmm. and. Uh, since it was, uh, it was since it was D and D next during the time, someone rolled a nat one and almost cleaved cleaved my head off. Oh, because they still had literally the they still had critical fumbles back then. Yes, got it. Yes, so it it was a it was a nat crit. Uh, sorry, it was a critical fail crit or so nat one crit fail. Yeah, it was a it was a crit fail, and then the damage was a crit. <laughs> <laughs> course <laughs> yeah i was uh nearly headless nick for for like the end of the session and i'm like bro <laughs> yeah those the, those are fun times but you know what um i want to know the story of that at least that's how i met kirsten but i want to know the story of your first session with kirsten dexter Ooh, um god that's such a while ago too I I want to say it was a, a gaming with Fortune, um, her warlock, um, the OG Fortune as I call her now because out of curiosity, Dexter, you've never met Kristen's dual personality, um, Heidi. Yeah, loved Heidi. Remember we got oh oh my persona, Auntie Heidi, the um the bar barbarian or which one are you? Which dual part? Kristen has a lot of dual personality characters. Joe, you gotta have to be a little bit more specific. Well, okay, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, how's this? I've experienced actually seeing uh, 
Heidi, or the other the other way. What, what was your character's name, Kristen? The the the, the not Heidi one. Dane, right? My D and D character. Um, yeah, there was a basically it was like a weird um um thing where I was playing two characters at once. Uh, one was a one was the barbarian named Heidi, and the other one was Jacqueline, which was who was a wizard. Jacqueline, that's the one. Have you met Jacqueline? So I know of Jacqueline, but I have not met Jacqueline personally. Um, I just remember one time we were all playing at the back of Enjoy. Um, the Heidi transform Jacqueline or whatever the case may be raging and transforming into Jacqueline. That's the only memory I have of Heidi. And it was probably one of the most glorious things I've ever seen. It's it woke the neighbors. <laughs> remind oh, remind yeah, me Dexter. Yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> I don't remember the exact context. I remember we were playing it was a DDEX two dash whatever. It was a season two mod uh for Adventures League. And I just remember that Heidi was about to begin her rage, and all of a sudden, um, Kristen, in you know, full character, decided to um, do her transformation right there on the spot. And like, you know how they tell you, like, you know, uh, oh, people can't tell Clark should be able to tell Clark Kent from Superman um, because of like, you know, they're the same, have the same face. I understand why people wouldn't because. Kristen in that moment transformed and transfigured. Same look on her face, but entire like different body position, posture, everything just transformed when she transformed into Heidi. And that laugh, it still gives me chills to this day. I remember my cousin was there in the playing with us, and he was a little bit um, idly not paying attention, and then he heard the laugh, and the laugh sent chills down his spine. We talked about it on the whole car ride back home, how. Um, once Heidi did her rage and transformation, how that laugh haunted him in not a bad way for about a good couple nights afterward. We still talk about it to this time. Wow. Yeah. Uh, didn't I get a? Didn't I get us like banned from uh, from going <laughs> yeah, from um, in the back area? Yes, you did. <laughs> we weren't I'm allowed so to. And <laughs> honestly, and you know what? I, I, worth it. <laughs> most of you listening at home, I I have very powerful cackles. Um, so. Uh, I it was it it was it was on full blast. I got caught up in the moment and uh, it being at the middle 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 of the night. Jesus Christ! It was about ten, uh, 10 yeah, p.m. I'd say. Within a few blocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so for those for you guys out there, um, Kristen is is one of the reasons that I got pulled into D and D because uh, she's an amazing um, role player. And um, also, aside from, uh, I mean, right now you got a career in wrestling, which is oh, yeah. great. <laughs> it's, uh, well, yeah, tell I, us about that. It's it's starting to it's starting to pick up. Uh, unfortunately, the pandemic kind of slowed things down. Um, I all started, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I started training around 2014. Um, debuted 2015 at MPW. Uh, which was over, which was over in Moore Park for a while, but then we switched over to uh, Chatsworth, and we had some shows there, and they they were doing pretty good. And unfortunately, we had to close down when uh, when COVID hit. And I've been trying to figure out um, like ways to keep my character fresh, kind of upgrade a few things because 
Um, especially with the stimulus checks, I've um, I've that the idea of um, of really upgrading my gear to something that looks really, really good and professional seems like an actual thing. Because I think when I first debuted, I what I had was like a cotton shirt that was that had like uh, elastic straps t uh, sewn into them so that they wouldn't ride up too much, and my uh, and my pants weren't really they weren't spandex they were just yoga pants I had um, I had altered, and eventually I had enough money to get proper gear. The shirt was a was like a spandex onesie that looked like a dress shirt. The pants had. Um, had like elastic suspenders sewn into them so that it looked it looked like a fancy sense and and i tried to um let's see for uh for the character herself uh, auntie heidi um you can probably see that i'm obsessed with certain things <laughs> yeah it's oh by the way <laughs> but, uh, i'm sorry to cut you off Kristen. Huh? before before that fyi we mentioned this in episode one but Kristen is the one that designed the artwork for the show um oh yes reason why i wanted to hire you Kristen, when in the first place is because looking at your portfolio of artwork that you post on um on instagram and stuff i noticed that like oh wow the gentleman also has like the whole top hat monocle um you know dandy kind of look going about and i'm like you also do really good at drawing birds and ravens and even though bird the barbarian isn't a raven i was like this seems like a match made in heaven yeah, the artwork was really nice. And um, and I just wanted to mention that the cloak is yellow, Dexter. You'll never be like Auntie Heidi. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like yeah, let's not take, take, have this character take anything from Auntie Heidi. And I was the one that, like, recommended, like, you know, let's give it something that's not black. Because let's have it, like, be different. And, yeah, I don't want to be Auntie Heidi. Auntie Heidi is her own thing. Yellow, actually. What's wrong, Daddy? Uh, nice don't touch. want to be me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I bring frights and cookies. And if anyone crosses me, they shall know that I am the shrieking that echoes down the halls, the eyes that watch when you think you're alone in the dark. See, that's the chilly oh, kind of voice I'm talking about. I shall welcome it. But I shall break it. <laughs> Bit by bit. Mm. See, this is what I live for. You know, I would not like to be the other side of the ring, man. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was, that was good. Okay, um, so um, uh, during the during the pandemic, I've been focusing on improving my promo game. Um, I a quick plug. I um I did a I did a bunch of online classes with Santino Bros, and um, they've and I've been getting a lot of reps in with promo work as well as analyzing matches, so that was really cool. That's... Oh, right! Speaking of uh, speaking of things, I forgot to mention MPW is the Millennium Pro Wrestling. So I want to pay proper homage to my uh, to my my original wrestling home. Oh, definitely check out that Instagram. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, Instagram is Kristen K R I S T I N dot T dot Bell B L L. So it's just basically Kristen T Bell. Um, I also have Auntie Heidi as my uh, as my gimmick um, Instagram um, A U N T I E H Y D I E. And we'll have our producer, the lovely, the lovely Irie, um, plug that somewhere in the description of this. 
um, when all this is said and hey, done. you're talking about my wife, and yes, she is life lovely. And lively, too, since you almost made that, you know. Keep, let's keep... <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, let's set the stage to the, um, the only inn in town. Oh, yes, the thing we... we and for uh, that... Yeah. yeah. We're like, yeah, what? Exactly, right? We're, what, 20 <laughs> minutes in and we haven't even done the segment yet? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, this is Uncanny Dodge, where we discuss stories and of uh, char- D&D characters and so on. Anyway, um, uh, we, uh, we're talking about um, our exploits, and before we do, let's set up this, uh, this nice little uh, um, interior, I guess. So, you know what? I wanna I wanna put some stuff in, and you guys can freely, you know, add to it. But what I imagine the tavern to be is like, or at least in our current vicinity, where we will be doing the talking, and in Joe fashion, not exactly bird fashion, but you know what? I'll put it in there. The bird is sitting on this nice, comfy leather chair, smoking a cigar. And now that I think about it, he smoked some before. So you know what? Right he in has. front of the fireplace. Nice, a nice little rug, and uh, you know, with a with a simple side table, uh, with some, I guess, uh, what ale, ale, ale sounds proper, you know. Uh, at least that's what I, at least that's what I'm imagining this right now. And I'm probably imagining that um, the gentleman is sitting opposite of you, probably in um, a, not necessarily a leather chair, because you know. Let's be a little bit different from you, but something more like along the lines of a recliner, like a nice wool recliner, um, rocking himself about um, as he drinks from his um, goblet of. Let's go with mead. That makes about that makes a lot of sense. Wine would also work, but like let's just say a goblet of mead, um, probably with you know b- books on the table next to him, uh, kind of taking notes as I do of the various different exploits as i'm pretty much going to be the um the script the script right now the script writer what's the word i'm looking for the um not cartographer either but i'm documenting all of these exploits and then what we see from across the bar well christian you tell us who do we see all right you see what do we see yeah what do we see oh why do we see when do we see that is also oh, a terrible question. But yes, no, this uh, incredibly tall, almost gangly looking tiefling that um, basically she has a, a yellow cloak, uh, a red, um, uh, what is it called? Red vest, a light blue skirt. And it looks like that she also has like these um, sleeves covering very uh, like arms that, you know just looking at her just seems a bit off like some something about her proportions doesn't quite match like somebody took um like a little doll of wax and just stretched it a little he's wearing a white plain mask uh with glowing blue eyes uh, l- uh looking around and when she uh, when she looks at these at this new at these new vicinities she she uh, she kind of looks around like um like her head's on a swivel she use uh uses their um her bends her torso to kind of get that extra reach when she's looking around 
and she basically when the cloak kind of uh, opens a bit more you notice like this black what looks like a black vine or black uh, eel kind of wrapped around her waist but there's no tail that can be observed and uh, the bird would probably uh, look at this and think I've seen some shit and that thing looks off and then on a double take would think oh wait that was the off thing that <laughs> I've seen before and the gent, the gent will probably go and take a look at her and be like yeah she looks like somebody that is worth um, writing about do you want to um, uh, um excuse me little tiefling girl um, uh, what is your name uh, are you even a girl we do not discriminate um, who are you all right, this uh, this ta- uh, this seven foot uh, tiefling looks at you and she says, "She's seven feet." <laughs> My name is Fortune, and I wish to be a fellow mortal adventurer like you. Uh, out of uh, <laughs> just wanted to add something. Out of all the times I've played with Fortune, I never thought that she was seven feet tall. Oh, yeah, as... she is. She's like. Take her t- height. As her, as the DM, I have seen that Fortune is seven feet tall, and I've known that she's the tallest member of the party. <laughs> but yeah, wow, incredibly thin, look even more off-putting. Yeah, she's like uh, it's like beanpole. She's like uh, Yao Ming, like you know, in terms. I, I made I made a I made bird like six eight, and <laughs> just realized that she's seven. I'm like, holy crap. Okay. And, uh, um. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. How fortunate of us to to meet you. Um. Why don't you take a seat here? Would I would. So I can imagine like the bird. Just magic. Magic. <laughs> well, you're not gonna find that here. At least with a bird. The bird. I, you know what? I I also realize that. You know the bird is doesn't is not the, not often the conversational type. Unless there's a door in front of me and I just bust it open, and honestly, I don't do the barbarian knock spell that you do so well, Heidi. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I said Heidi. Yeah, I am referring yeah. to who's probably just somewhere in the back trying to start a fight some with someone. But um, uh, we're talking about fortune now. So yeah, um, I kind of like just raise a glass. Would you happen to have a drink on hand or not yet? Because I can ask. Uh, I can ask like the barkeep to deliver one. Is that a typical mortal custom? It is. And then uh, you see the gentleman kind of just wave over um, a small goblin um, that has the trappings of a ranger. And um, um, Guano, that's Guano. Could you um, procure a drink for our good friend here? I hope that we are good friends soon. Um, And you see the thing look at you and just stares you down. The height difference alone is just, you know, astounding. And Bat Squano just looks and says, like, you know, what do you drink? And do you drink? Oh, yes, I am a fellow mortal like you. I am not from the Fire Realm. Right. And so he just goes over and gets you, um, gets you water for now, and then just hands you a cup. (laughs) Um, the bird looks at, uh, looks at the gentleman real quick, and then looks at the barkeep real quick, and they, and they tell the barkeep, 
Thank you, Batshit Crazy, your proper name. He just looks at you with snide eyes, Bat Guano, and just shakes his head. No, his batshit. Why do you name a why do you name a barkeep of batshit? <laughs> it's another DD character of mine who actually is a bartender and a navigator, thank you very much, and his name is Bat Guano. Bat Guano? In the exchange and she's just tilting her head in confusion. So are we. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like confused here. Why are you calling bat shit? <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, okay. <clears throat> so um the bird looks at um Fortune, you know, with a with a certain air of familiarity, but in a sense, I um the the bird does ask, like, um, what have you been up to? Oh let's see. Fortune kind of thinks for a moment. And then he thinks, "Oh yes, I remember. There was a, there was a time in which I went through a manor, and oh, I was in jail along with a lot of other other people from the far realm. Oh, wait, that is the wrong timeline. Uh, how about? Well, oh, that's yes. interesting. <laughs> I was with another group of mortal adventurers, and we were on brooms, and I was helping this." And I was helping a chill child of the grave retrieve her snow weight. Wrong timeline. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, quick, um, uh, just oh, a yeah. quick, um, um, like a player to player <laughs> conversation. Um, how is it that Fortune seems to have this unusual number of timelines? Flash memories. It's sort of like a joke of I've used this character for so many different parties that she basically gets them all confused. We even made that a Your point Wolverine. of Wolverine. Yeah. We <laughs> even made this a point of contention in the latest um campaign that we have. <laughs> oh that is true. Okay, I'll drop it. No 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 no. No it's it's good. No um, no, no, no 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 the um I, I don't want to spoil too much especially if you're gonna tell the story. But um we talked about the various different Fortune sisters, as I have dubbed them. <laughs> we'll get to that, I think. Hopefully. Okay, so we're in that we're that far part. Uh, far, uh, sorry, that far in. No, no, no. Okay. We, you know us. We just get off point. We really need to make a drinking game out of this show. Every time we reference the title. Um, but you know, then we might be sued. So don't do that. You know, drink responsibly. Well, you know what? I can drink by myself here. You don't get to tell me what to do. <laughs> okay, then. Joe, only okay. you can drink irresponsibly by yourself. <laughs> okay, so where was I? Oh, yes. Timelines. Timelines. Okay, so. Oh, yes. I remember now. Sorry, I I seem to be forgetting a lot of things. I remember... I remember being in the sky. Everything, everything was 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 rushing down very very quickly, and there was and there was a a weave of veil, your delicious magic, that we had to go through, and then everything went dark. And then I remember. Then I remember walking through the snow away from away from the ship. And I was trying to follow 
follow where this magic in the air was going, and unfortunately, my mortal body fell up, uh, fell down. I was, when I woke up, I was in a mortal abode, I believe, and there were two unfortunate people. They tried to touch my face, and she kind of holds her, uh, holds, uh, has her fingers pressed to her ma mask very nervously, like she, like she's almost shaking it. They tried to take my face, but instead, they decided, they decided to assist me with the cold by setting everything, by lighting everything on fire, which was appreciated, but I did not like it. And so I showed him my other arms and they ran off. Other arms? Yeah, you're gonna have to go into more detail about that, other arms. You won't tell any other <laughs> before you continue. <laughs> before you continue, there was a moment when uh, <laughs> the bird actually gets a flashback. <laughs> Dexter gets well, a flashback, too. I think, yeah, I think, um, I think two or at least three of my characters have felt those times before. <laughs> um, my monk okay. definitely felt those, they um. <laughs> Siphon life back into my monk. That was a fun time. That was an that was interesting. <laughs> okay, go on. Uh, go on, Chris. Yes. I'm not supposed to ha have them out. My patron told me it was un it was not recommended. But don't tell anyone. And he, <laughs> he uh, and so I uh huh. So kind of slithering from underneath her cloak, kind of peeked out. Peeks out a couple black tentacles. A gift from the they're a gift from the fire realm. And she in her and basically well in her giddiness, the um black vine eel thing un uncoils from her uh, her waist and also kind of lifts itself up and revealing a a eye stalk, a giant eye stalk matching the same color eyes that she has. And it wouldn't take much to figure out that that's her tail. Um, <clears throat> person, when creating fortune, the tail, does it actually have its own thing going on? Or? Um, mostly I just keep it there for flavor or when certain, or like when detect magic is active. In terms of like oh, okay. actual consciousness, it's not, it's not separate from fortune. Oh, okay. I'm oh yeah. I've noticed that it always like does what fortune wants, but it also acts like fortune, what fortune would do, not without giving it much thought. It it's 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 the id of fortune. That's what I think of when I think of the tale. Yeah, I think uh, I think one of our previous uh, games, uh, fortune was like busy reading books, and so um, while she was busy with that, it's uh, kind of like that ending of Wandavision. Um, where where Wanda herself is like busy with uh, with reading the tome and me and there's like a different version of her doing regular stuff. So, hey. but yeah, while Ford busy with her books, she the tail the uh, the eye stalk is the one that's like um, kind of gesturing like she's in active conversation with the other party members. I almost want you to pick up magic mouth on your tail, and it just does, <laughs> and it just does pre-programmed messages whenever you uh. <laughs> At certain points, like 
<laughs> I was I, already thinking that it had eyes on its own. And, and Please try again. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking that uh, the tail should have an eye. The tail, the tail <laughs> is an eye. Yeah, yeah, I know. And that you know, it's it's actually a tail of a beholder. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> that'd be fucking creepy. <laughs> in-game function that the ta that the tail eye stock has i usually um if it's a if it's a home game i leave it up to the dm if it's like an ale legal game i will just have it be purely cosmetic i actually wanted to talk to you about that but that's something that we can talk about before the game i thought of a spell that you could that i was i noticed that wasn't on your list that i think would flavorfully be very much a fortunate thing to have but i will talk about that some other time Seeing as you have the whole great old one tentacles and, you know, mind reading all the time, everywhere. Yeah. Even when people are, uh, don't want it. Yeah. And uh, for those of you that haven't been able to know or um, aren't, you know, followers of D&D, &D, Fortune is a great old one warlock, which means that she's got connections to the far realm and all of that. And, you know, she digs the whole psychic uh, links and all that. I actually always wanted to know this, Kristen, but can you tell us, like, what was the... Well, I, okay, I know if the fortune I know was based off a very certain thing, and you can talk about that if you want, but what was the original, like, inspiration for some of the fortune's traits and qualities? Mind telling us? Oh, uh, yeah, I think fortune I originally used for a 4E game, and I was I was big into, like, the, um, the whole, like, like, a lot of the Slenderman um, video series, like Marble Hornets and Tribe 12. And originally, I had made her a um, like a proxy, and uh, her her patron would have been the Slender Man. And it's and I even made a journal which kind of showed her her crumbling mental state and eventual mutation. I've seen that journal. I've seen that journal too. That's why I was like, I remember it was Slender Man, but I wasn't entirely sure. But it it just since you know that has kind of lost its like you know. Um, Man, Slenderman's dated. How does that make us feel? Um, but because of that, I feel like um, the Fortune has evolved into a thing in and of its of herself, themselves. I don't know. I don't know how Fortune identifies. Yeah, after uh, after the Fury game ended, um, I think I I just kept her on the shelf and kind of was like retweaking a lot of things because um, I wanted to uh, I wanted to kind of distance from the whole uh, from the Slenderman patron thing and try to figure out other patrons. Um and eventually and she wasn't masked um at the the uh, initially, but um when I brought her in for that uh, for that um D&D Next campaign, um sort of as an NPC, uh that's when I had kind of um the idea was that she was because she was gone mad from staying in the farm for too long. Uh, she tried to imitate her patron, so that's why that's originally why she had the plain white mask. Ooh. Now and, I'm uh, now I'm sad. I never asked Fortune for twenty dollars. <laughs> that's a reference if you if you wanted no one. And uh, I'm not familiar with that reference. It's a Slenderman thing. Yeah. It was a mod, or no, it was an actual like add-on, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. A, it was an. I think it was like a mode. Somebody. No, no, no. It started off as like a little Karibo skit, then it got modded into the slender, uh, slender game. And I think. Uh, and I remember. Uh, I remember the uh, the Marble Hornets guys actually did uh, did like it, or or they they heard of it. 
That's been such a long while. Yeah, it has. It's such an old game now, which is sad to think about. But, Joe, since since you're the idiot in the room right now, um, Fortune, or rather Slenderman, there was a mode that was activated where every time you'd see Slenderman, instead of like you know the whole creepy vibe that you would have, it would a song would appear that would say, give me $20. And it was like as if Slenderman <laughs> okay. was asking you for money. And it made it more humorous than horror. But people ran with it. I would expect so. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't aware of that one. <laughs> like, why would an Eldritch Abomination need $20? So, it, it raises so many questions. You, you just don't want them answered. <laughs> what is it going to do with that $20? <laughs> okay. But yeah. Um... Now the ma- now that pure white mask thing that was um, that was became a reoccurring um, um, yeah with fortune and 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 I remember like uh, each time I, I would bring her into a new campaign I'd always leave it up to the DM as to what her face looks like underneath because she believes the mask is her face and I've had like multiple interpretations like for example one was that she had no face there's one where in which she there was like a black hole where her face should have been. Um, I had one where her face was completely was like half mind flare, half uh, decayed human uh, teeth skull. Ooh, I like that one. That one's cool. Oh yeah, and that partially led to the current version for our campaign, which is basic, which is goddamn horrific. It definitely is. Yeah, I'm a I'm also a huge fan of the spell plague for anyone who's listening, um, and I wanted to figure out like ways I could. Re- uh, kind of work with this with um with it in my character because I love I love that concept a a sort of a contamination of the far realm reaching into the mortal plane and afflicting like the land creatures with this uh with this ailment that could practically burn them alive so it ended up turning into uh, I ended up turning her backstory into a combination of Chernobyl and Centralia where she's from a family of tieflings that were that live a little too close to an area that had a spell plague uh, eruption, and unfortunately, because they never left, it ended up going. It ended up trailing into their um to their bloodline. So each time there's a new tiefling born, um, they have this blue mark on them that, when they reach of a certain age, starts manifesting more and more and more, and eventually erupts and they burn up alive. And the only way to subdue it, or it's more, it doesn't really cure it. It just holds it off. It is just make a pact with with um, uh, entities, or at least um, agents of the demon associated uh, with the demon prince associated with their bloodline. I think I put put Mephistopheles. You did put Mephistopheles in this current campaign, yeah. Okay. And uh, with Fortune. Uh, she ended up walking a little too close to uh, one of the old areas where there was like a, a scar in the um, uh, where the uh, where the two uh, where the uh, spell plague eruption went, and thought she was safe, but she didn't see the radiation. And because of she didn't see the radiation, her mark manifested too early before she could make her pact, and so now. So this is a very, yeah. <laughs> so imagine this uh, waking up in the middle of the night. You are starting to burn up from the inside, and flames are shooting from your eyes, mouth, nose, and uh, and various other areas. And it was only 
And because she was close to the age in which she made the pact, she had already was getting ready to do it. So in a sort of a blind gambit, emphasis on blind, uh, decided to make a make a makeshift version of the ritual. And due to her due to her um, her um, uh, her name, was fortunate enough to make it. Unfortunately, she did the uh, she did some of the runes wrong, and instead of establishing a pact with Mephistopheles, ended up um, with uh, somebody from the Far Realm, a um, a certain yellow-clad figure in Carcosa, whose name we should not say. <laughs> well, we can. <laughs> we can. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. Yeah, we can. Yeah, Which um, one is this? Uh, the Yellow King from Lovecraftian lore, as, as Kristen's um, and Fortune's DM. That's what uh, I remember as such. Uh, yeah, it's um, Yellow King, especially since I was um, it was in a mad dash trying to figure out like which Eldritch uh, which um, Eldritch uh, horror to as her patron. And I and I like waited until the last minute to pick mine before I sent you my backstory. And I'm like, oh crud! Uh, what do I pick? What do I pick? What do I pick? Castor. Okay, he's a white mask like Fortune. We're picking him. There you go. <laughs> And I think it's worked wonders, and I've tried to, like, uh, I've personally looked up to a little bit more of who the Yellow King is and, like, you know, um, the agency of, of, of All With All to try to, like, incorporate that into the story. And I've been probably doing a failure of a job at it because, you know. Um, but I'm hoping that you've been having a good time with the current campaign that we're in. Oh, yeah. I like the fact that uh, even though she had her uh, memories restored, the, um, it's it kind of... it. Now she now she remembers being a sleeper agent. Yeah, and she also remembers the fact that she's constantly burning inside. Because mm-hmm. I'm a very cruel woman. <laughs> oh man, I, you know I think this probably uh, takes us to the segment where we um, ask you, in character or out of character. But let's just get straight to the nitty gritty. Um, what is one of the most memorable moments that you've had with um, any of the various versions of Fortune? Oh, with any Tell of us them? a story. Tell us a story, yeah. Yes, tell us a story. And it could be both well, in character or it could be out of character, however the case may be. As you can see, we're kind of like off the cuff in terms of the way we've been doing things. Uh, let's see. There's a... Speak for yourself, I'm drinking an ale right now. <laughs> I'm not. I wish I was. I just woke up, guys. It's uh, uh, five o'clock somewhere. It actually is five o'clock on my time. <laughs> okay, when well, it's eight nineteen a.m. You, I had to wake up at six a.m. this morning. It's such an ungodly hour for me. <laughs> if you would know, Joe, Joe is always on Joe time, and Joe does not get up early, regardless of which corner of the world I am. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Um, I would say I'll I'll bring up something more recent. Also because my memory is quite terrible and I would need to look up a lot of my old notes to pick up some of other stuff. I've used her for like, uh, I used her for like the 24-hour charity game. I used her for a whole bunch of other modules. My god. Uh, so yeah. I'll, I'll have it be that um... Oh wait! I remember! Oh, th- silly me. And my mortal brain. I, uh, there was one time in which we were trying to get to this large castle so I can kill the non-believer. But it was for but it was for my patron, so it was okay. And one of our 
friends. Other, horned one. I think she was like me, but was happier. He had a family who was missing, and we went to the old where she might have been. And then this gigantic moose flew out and wait, no, wait, no, I have been. She told me they were supposed, they are called dragons. My mistake. This giant dragon of black metal and fiery veins flew out and started to head to the ten towns. But I noticed the magic underneath. Her mother was inside. So we decided to trace that dragon, yes, dragon. But on the way, we were pursued by another one, a white one with a long, thin, sleeping rider who doesn't seem to be doing much. He looked like he was skin and bones. So we, uh, so I believe uh, one of our, uh, one of our mortal friends had a plan. The white dragon would attack the black dragon and hopefully we could get the mother out so i gave the other tiefling yes that's the name i gave her one of my arms so she could fly but before that we found a moose yes this was an actual moose not the dragon moose so we used it as bait so the white dragon can follow us. And when we found the black dragon, we threw the bait at it. And so the two fought each other. And from what I remember, well, I was, I was a little distracted trying to keep the concentration going because magic can be strenuous, very delicious. So yes, we managed to take down this black metal dragon and we covered the mother, the mortal mother. And so everything was happy again. But unfortunately, the town along the way did not, well, it was not so happy. But from what I've heard, they was from the two who tried to take my face. So good riddance. <laughs> I think at this point, the gentleman is just scribbling away, kind of looking up at some points, especially when you talk about, you go on the tangent of moose, meese, meeses. The, 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 the gentleman even says that. He's like, what's the plural of moose? Do you, do you, um, you, you work with nature stuff, but uh, what, is, what is the plural term for moose? Meese? Meeses? Mooses? I remember correctly. Moose the eye. mortal plural is moose, but in but in but in the tongue of the far realm, it is right. <laughs> I imagine the bird just like goes wide eyed, wide eyed because the voice just like completely fucking changed. <laughs> it's like I'm reminded of a uh, little Nicky when he was sleeping, and he's just like making these noises while he's asleep. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I love the story, and I was so happy that it went in your guys's favor when it actually happened. For um, 
the clarity's sake of our readers, I'm sorry, our viewers, what, listeners, listeners, um, when um, I was the DM for this current campaign that Kristen is making mention of, and my lord, there were so many moving parts because this black dragon, as she has mentioned, this mechanical dragon flew out of this tower and just was decimating the town with its energy breath. It, it looked like something out of, like, you know, um, it looked out of place for a D&D setting, but so does Fortune, so I think it was very appropriate that you were hunting it out. <laughs> so was the bullshit that happened was also out of place. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, but this is one of my favorite stories, that's for sure. Um, how you all managed to survive not one but two dragon attacks and get them to attack each other was... At the same time. At the same time was a stroke <laughs> of pure genius and probably could have only have been done with your exact party. Because there was a little... glad people went with it. <laughs> I'm so happy I got to... I second in you using utility spells and rituals for this one. Oh, yeah. Like, the uh, Fortune's utility is, like, second to none in terms of, like, how you managed to help with the fight, both in terms of your detect magics and your casting of the fly spell, and then just, you know, general, like, you know, uh, battlefield control with, like, you know, efforts, black tentacles, and stuff like that. It was great. And locking people in the void, which uh, I, I, for anyone who wants to visualize what uh, what lies inside when Hadar is... Uh, oh, Hadar is a Hadar. There you go. My bad. All those uh, yeah, Eldritch it, spells get uh, mixed up for me. I, I, For a visual, I sent them the uh, the photo of the brain of Mensis from Bloodborne as a visual representation of what was inside the void. It was quite gruesome. <laughs> I, I doubt quite a few people. <laughs> my cousin in particular was like ooh <laughs> I always love when my cousin and you interact um, in D&D because he just his reactions are just so great in terms of like reacting to the sheer um, asshattery that you bring with your um, vivid descriptions of stuff yeah especially when she, the way she does her spells which I, which I I took a, I I try to take as much inspiration from how Lovecraft goes all purple prosy with uh, with a lot of descriptions. Oh yeah, I can definitely feel that. Oh uh, yeah, actually one of my one of my fi- my fondest moments is when uh, is when you're trying to have Fortune like uh, talk with um, talk with a mayor and she has no idea how to interact with people because mm-hmm. uh, she's essentially I. I this current uh, like the way Fortune is, she's like a very dialed up version of my autism, so. I uh well with with the voice of Glados. <laughs> yeah. So I had so the rest of the party <laughs> Glados. Out trying to trying to act normal and try to like communicate properly without weirding out people. Oh, just keep weirding people out. I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah. I think actually no, it's not eleven. I dialed it up to twenty. Yeah, you really do. But I appreciate it because truly, fortune encapsulates somebody that is highly charismatic without being highly persuasive that's how i always you are the your character is probably one of the most quintessential ones i think of when i think of you know how to differentiate and how to explain that to people like you can be a a force of nature and a presence you don't necessarily have to be able to be uh perceived as getting people to do what you want because they like you more like they're wigged out by you there's actually a lot to compare fortune with um i don't really think about this because i said force of nature um, uh, Halloween. What's that guy's name? Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, the shape. 
Oh my god, the fortune is the the D and D our D and D version of the shape. Yeah, I guess so. Down to the fact that she tends to head tilt a lot when she's about something. Yeah. And she also has a blank pale mask. Yeah. Though she doesn't have the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. No. It's uh two it's two unnatural glowing blue eyes with what looks like thin blue discs um acting as acting as the iris and no pupils. Though there though the reason behind that version is uh kind of also pretty horrific. Uh, I I've always been interested in fi- in like different ways prosthetics could uh could be used and if you're if you're Patreon is a Lovecraftian monstrosity. I can imagine he would offer a prosthetic to one's face. That makes all the sense to me. Yeah. Uh, TLDR, Fortune has no eyes, so... And the only way she can see is when she has her mask on. Oh, that's interesting. I never knew that one. It's come up from time to time. Yeah, Yeah, I think when I first revealed her actual face, um, it was that her mask fell off and she was kind of um, feeling around the ground as if she couldn't see anything. So, one of the things I wanted to ask to you, Kristen, is that, um, or one of the things I wanted to rather bring to the foray was that during our playthrough of the current campaign, um, your story of the multiple different fortunes and how fortune has appeared in so many different campaigns kind of struck a chord with me about these legacy characters and how characters kind of like, you know, change and transition. And we sometimes bring back these characters from time to time. Um, I've had it for a couple of my characters. Joe, do you, would you say that you have any, like, quote-unquote legacy characters? I only have the one. <laughs> Which would be Bird and his son, Secretary? I, it's oh, but, the other way around. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sec- uh, Bird and his father, Secretary. That's right, that's right, that's right. There you go. But by, by the way, Kristen, did you, uh, did you know that? Oh, yeah, I remember you mentioning, uh, the, uh, mentioning the Secretary being the uh, predecessor of Bird. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> okay, that was cool. I think I think that was a theme throughout a lot of um, p- players in this current D and D campaign. By the way, uh, we're playing through Rhyme of the Frost Maiden for those of you, for our viewers, our listeners. Um, which is set like fifty years. Which is set fifty prior years to before the events the, of whatever current D and D is. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's fifty years before the main timeline. So a lot of us kind of had the idea of like you know, hey, let's do legacy characters, like you know, or uh, progenitors of our like you know favorite characters. So Fortune did Fortune Prime, so to speak. Um, Joe did um, the secretary, father of his main character, Bird. Um, I think even my cousin is Atticle. I think is, I think it is um, um, Andrew Balchanker's, um, what do you call it, um, grandpa or uncle or something. I don't know. I had to double check with him, but a lot of people decided to do legacy characters that way. And I think that's kind of one of the cool things about D&D, that, yeah, I can have, you, you know... know. <laughs> talking about Fortune's backstory, if we're talking about, when I say original, original, like, before this campaign, does that mean that her background now changed to commoner, because now she's a, maybe a barkeep? <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, that's that's something I wanted to bring up too. So one of the cool things that we did with this current campaign, and it was kind of like a joke about it, was that I, I knowing and having heard about all the different fortunes, I decided to kind of like marry all the different timelines, so to speak, and um, I created the um the back the backstory of the fortune eight. Yes, I love my dad jokes. 
Screw me. Don't actually screw it, me. Uh, it, I'm kind of mad about the fact that I didn't get until like the next day. And I'm like looking at the, I'm like looking at my notes. I'm like, ah! <laughs> I remember getting, I, I remember getting a text from you at like six in the morning and I was just like, oh, okay. It's like, it's like a random text. I see what you did there. It's like all late and shit. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I was I was groggy and I had to wake up at three for work. Yeah, Kristen, unfortunately, because of your day job, um, you're always going to bed late and feeling groggy, and we respect that. Like your your time that you share with us, even now, and we're probably gonna play our our normal session of D and D later tonight. So, kudos to you for being a trooper and all that. But no um, worries, man. it's uh, it's it's honest work, mate. And go. also, being a guard finally got me, uh, got me my, uh, my vaccination. Nice. Um, yeah, we're just waiting on one person in this group to get vaccinated, Mister Joseph. Yeah. No, I know he. You don't he, get to call me with my full name. I didn't call you with your full name. I would no, call you. Don't, you. don't get to call me with my full first name. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> what, what the hell's going on? We're going just off point. Take a drink. Um but I think the the talk about, well, the, about the clones. Yeah, the clones. Attack of the clones, right. Um yeah. go on, Kristen. I want you to tell us your reaction to like, you know, hearing about that whole married backstory that I kind of um threw together. Oh, I fucking loved it. Um I, I there was like a there was like an internal debate about whether or not this fortune is Sorry, is the um the prime or a uh, or is like the eighth clone? Right. Yeah, go on into the one that. Hand... Huh? No, no, go into that. I would like you to go into that for our viewers to listen and hear. Okay, now if I remember correctly, and it would be better if I had my phone out with the text messages so I could just be like, oh yes, I know off the top. But um, yeah, because because uh, the the thing was is that it. Be, me being kind of cruel to my characters, and by the way, the next time we make characters, I will make a character with a happier backstory, I promise. <laughs> At least something more hopeful. I think but, the happiest character but, you've but, ever had was your uh, the, the, ranger. That was once a werewolf. And it was mostly because they were happy in the moment, not necessarily that they were happy all the time. I remember a happy character that you had. Her name was Balmoral? Balmoral her rogue? Druid. I think she was a bard. Clown. Clown. Yeah, yeah. The rogue. Clown. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I enjoyed Barmoreau too. I don't remember the name of your druid, but they became the mom of our group, and that was kind of fun. Though, although there was an incident with a mushroom and something, and that that was. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, because on the one hand, it's like having fortune kind of being the clone kind is kind of opens a lot of pores. possibilities when it comes to identity and being that i tend to make my uh, as a couple of characters um that i that i've made draw from the from that idea of idea identity because that's sort of been a sticking point to me because of the whole uh, being on the spectrum thing um this was kind of like an interesting way to go about it about whether like how much of her of who she is is really of her is her own identity or with what or or just her being a copy kind of like a soma thing right right and 
Also, me being cruel, it would have uh, a part of me went how darkly hilarious it would be if the crime actually got killed because the um, the ones who made the clones were like, "What is this see this uh, this pack seal that we see? It seems to be holding some ma strong magical force." And whoosh, and she just burns up due to her due to her own uh, spell plague. Yeah, that would be that, that would be something, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that all plays out as we can continue and get to the conclusion of this campaign. Yeah, I mean, it would depend on how careful the um careful the one the um yeah the the Snurf Levelins uh, mind flares are because maybe they probably caught it in a time they're like oh shit put it back put it back <laughs> it's yeah. like well we can't really examine this any further without destroying the specimen so why not like make a few clones and we'll study those instead and that kind of was one of the thoughts of process like you know or. Um, and spoiler alerts, but that should have been obvious for those of you who haven't played Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. There is a um, group of deep gnome mind flayers, mind flayers that infected deep gnomes, and because of that, their um, their mindset is a little bit um, let's just call it a little bit different than um, that of a regular mind flayer. Um, so they are atypical to say the least. And I thought, what best? What, that's like the best thing to have for somebody that's uh, incorporating the fortune's backstory. That these these uh, mind flayer deep gnomes decided to clone a warlock to discover what makes a warlock tick, and so that created the system of the Fortune Eight. And um, it kind of also gave Kristen an out for when she decides to make another fortune, and another fortune, and another fortune. Hide behind the pile of dead fortunes. <laughs> it's that. <laughs> that's, I understood that reference. That's like a. <laughs> that's too for that uh, for that joke. Yeah, that almost feels like an Evangelion reference too. I know it was. But yeah, uh, thank you for sharing about oh, fortune, and thank great. you, and oh, I'm, and I'm sure that me, uh, that the secretary and the, I'm oh, sorry, not the secretary. The bird and the gentleman are probably kind of like you know, blown away Don't at the. Don't speak of my father. <laughs> I will speak how I want to speak, and um, I you kind of see that the secretary, sorry again, the bird and the gentleman are just blown away. Oh kind of... my god! <laughs> oh my god, Dexter, daddy issues. <laughs> oh my god. My God, Bird has to pilot the Eva, but sec and Secretary's just like forcing him to do it. I light, I light, a, I light an actual cigarette this time, and I ask for another. And the bird asks for more ale. Well, the two of I us. Have to roll, I have to roll for madness now. <sighs> well, fly me to the moon, but um. Yeah, you kind of see that our characters will probably be very much dumbfounded by all the, um, to put it lightly, the mindfuck of your backstory is, and how this is just one of the many entries that are going to be inter in interred into the uh, um, alcoves of the Uncanting Dodge. And um, you're more than welcome to stay as long as you'd like. Uncounting Dodge? Uncanny Dodge. Uncanny Dodge, yeah. Uncanny Dodge. Okay, um, so I guess this is a good place to pick up, you know, since we're talking about clones towards the uh, next segment, which we have first time. It's a retro review. 
yeah. cue with music. What is that? The Doug theme song, I think. But oh. not, but not. Okay. But not Disney's Doug. Oh, no, it is Disney's Doug, not Nickelodeon's Doug. No, it is Disney's Doug. No, Nickelodeon's Doug. That's uh, kind of an Attack of the Clones thing too. So, I was debating with uh, Joe about the title that of this segment of Retro Review should be, because I figured talking about clones, talking about like you know repeats, rehashes, reworks, it kind of made me think. And during this, we were talking about a little bit about WandaVision. Now, Joe, because he's been in the Philippines and they don't have Disney Plus over in the Philippines right now, has not been able to see WandaVision. But he was gracious enough to be spoiled to um, this whole concept of the ship Theseus. For those of you, by the way, spoilers to a lot of things right now. So I'm sure there will be a list of things that we're talking about that um, are going to be in the liner notes of this. So check the description before um, for spoilers about this part. But um, the two of us wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the concept of legacy, ship of Theseus. The Dread Pirate Roberts and these kind of like inherited legacies. I thought that it's such a trope that gets talked about so often that I think it warranted like us having a deep dive of it. And who better to join us on this journey than Miss, um, you know, inherited backstory herself, Kristen T. Bell, in her very fortunate fortunes. Yeah, so many fortunes. And this was after Fortune got her old memories back, so. Not only is she dealing with that, but also has a huge existential crisis. Right. And I think that's where this whole concept of the ship of Theseus comes in. So for those of you who haven't yet watched WandaVision, and like I said, spoilers again, um, the ship of Theseus is this whole concept that gets brought up. It's a, what you call a philosophical argument. And it um, gets brought up in the last episode of WandaVision, where if there is a ship of the Greek hero Theseus, the guy that beat the Minotaur, in, if the ship of Theseus is a thing and it gets slowly starts to rot and it starts to go away and slowly a museum starts to replace the parts is that still considered the ship of Theseus if all the original parts are gone? And then if years later restorative technology was yes. able to bring back the old ship of Theseus still parts still there and they rebuilt it is that also the original ship of Theseus? And therein lies yes. like and therein lies the dilemma that was faced in WandaVision. What does make somebody authentic? What does make somebody real? So, Joe, I have They are you... both authentic. They are both real. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the... End of episode. End of episode. See you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's the short end of it. But I kind of wanted us to take a deep dive of how this concept of identity is brought up in a lot of different pieces of medium. And I had okay, Joe... Okay, so before you continue, yeah, Dexter, I'm yeah, going to yeah. have to say this, okay? okay. Before, for some weird reason that you made me want to prepare for this, you asked me to watch uh, Lupin Third um, Green versus Red. Green versus Red, or Red versus Green, depends on which language you you know you watch it. But I actually got the Italian version somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, unfortunate. Fortunately, there was a way. Fortunate. There was um take a drink. <laughs> there was a, there was a there was also the the Japanese original dub and then it came with uh English sub uh, all the text but yeah subtitles but the um 
when there's a writing on anywhere, it's in Italian. It's in Italian. Great. <laughs> so it was kind of a uh, weird, but you know what? My Italian, my Italian is pretty terrible. So you know what? I had to connect the Italian into a little bit of Filipino and a little bit of Spanish, and I'm like, oh, there it is. That's what that means. Yep. Anyway, that's besides the point. Um, you made me watch this movie. I did. And I'm like, oh, cool, Lupin movie, and I, I, it's a really good copy. The, 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 you know, the animation was great. That's the only thing um, that's great about it. That's what I was gonna say. I know. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to steal your and thunder. I'm, and I'm thinking, how is this? How is this ship of Theseus thing? And then I see the end, and I'm like, the payoff wasn't even great. And Dexter, the movie was horrible. I know. I know. It was horrible. Have you seen this uh, were, this, this movie? And there were so it's like it's like it's like someone put in. You know what? This is a good idea. We should put this in a scene. Oh, and then let's get rid of it. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Like they did that so many times in one thing, and I'm thinking, what the fuck was the point of that then? Kristen, um, anyway. are, are you familiar with this uh, this um, OVA of Lupin yeah. the Third? Kristen, I do apologize that you have to suffer through me ranting through this film, but Dexter made me watch it, and it was. Oh, no. It's uh, it's, cool. it's uh, especially since I have not seen this particular one. I remember uh, cast cast. Oh no, you won't see this particular one. Oh, I think it's worth watching just to crap on it. <laughs> my knowledge of Lupin the Third is not even that vast, but my God, <laughs> it's like oh, let's do fan service, and then they go like, okay, let's put it in the blender. What else are you gonna put in? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why I wanted you to watch it is because I feel like this is a good example, an example of how not to do the ship of Theseus. Um, yeah, the more that you're describing it, the temp- the more tempted I am to actually watch it. Okay, well, I'm not gonna lie. I do agree that there are bad movies that are worth watching. Yeah, and oh, that's yeah. and for this and... thematic, I thought it was like okay, this is a good way to like look at like you know. Because we have to, if we're going to look at this whole concept, we got to look at the, the the spectrum of things, both good and bad. Yeah, and specifically if you're a Lupin fan, then you can definitely go ahead, knock yourself out. Oh, even people who are Lupin fans say this is shitty, but it, it's a good concept, but it's a shitty... Um... Yeah, I know, but... Go on. Th- that's all it is. It's just concepts uns- just turned to shit. But what I'm saying is that I understand that it would be something that they won't like. I understand that. I'm saying, but at least, you know, for me, I don't, f- I didn't fully get all references. If there, and I know that there was a lot. There was a lot of references in that one, both to like you know the original exactly. part one, part two, part three, the the mystery of Mamo, Cagliostro. All pretty much they they try to reference everything. Oh. Like I said, blender. Exactly. Kirsten, okay, so Kirsten, how's your knowledge on the Lupin thing? Uh, sadly, not that great. I think I would that's, be considered. That's okay. <laughs> I think I'm the quote-unquote expert in the room for this one. Yeah, although we are not talking about Lupin specifically. No, we're not specifically that. But I mean, but okay. I think we've talked about how shout on this movie not long enough. For those of you who are much like Christian, <laughs> have not viewed it. Uh, the concept of green versus red is that. The the math the gentleman thief Lupin the Third, um, there's a bunch of impersonators that have gone around the globe, trying trying to like pull off crimes like Lupin. 
And the thing is that there's this our main character, um, Yasuo, Yasuo, can't remember how to pronounce it. Yeah, Yasuo. Yasuo, who is a reference to the original voice actor of Lupin the Third, by the way, is realizes that they're like, oh, yeah, and uh, Yukiko is also the original voice actress. Uh, Fuji, Fujiko Mina. Mina, yeah. So he's kind of like you know down in the dumps and realizes that like you know I could make something of myself, and he finds a green jacket and a Walter P. 38 uh, both things that and it just so happens he goes like yo i could be lupon the third yeah <laughs> everybody wants to be lupon the third in this movie and it's actually kind of funny everyone looks like him and everybody looks like him which i think kind of falls into like you know this whole mentality and i think they do this better and i want you to watch this after the fact the part five of lupon the third i think does this scene much better because what happens there is that Lupin reveal, pulls off his face, and you don't see what his face looks like. But it comes to the realization that, oh, Lupin Third isn't a person. It's a title. It's an inherited title. And it's kind of like that whole, the Grey Fox from, you know, Elder Scrolls. Um, the Dread Pirate Roberts from Princess Bride. And it's that realization that I'm like, oh, this is what it means to be the ship of Theseus. And then the episode of WandaVision where that happens with the vision, you see that fall through. And it's like something that I was just like, I'm thrown to all these nostalgic moments of things that I've watched. And I thought, this is an interesting and wonderful way to look at identity. And yeah, that's kind of the reason why I wanted you to watch it. Now, mind you, it's not the only thing that like has this concept in it. Um, just off the top of my head, Star Wars does this all the time with the Clone Wars. Terminator 2 does this, you know. Um, okay. Well, Blade Runner, am I real or am I a replicant? What's your name? Skywalker. Yeah, that too. Oh, uh, there's okay. also a video game that I had uh, that um, I watched somebody else play called Soma, and it deals with the exact same thing. Yeah, I think you referenced that earlier in um, when we were talking about the creation of fortune. Yeah, can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that? Okay, um, I'll try to give the TLDR so I'm not just okay. completely rambly. But, no, uh, please ramble along. <laughs> uh, Canadian dude goes to get his it goes to a, his doctor because actual the, credits, uh, guys. Canadian dude <laughs> is a uh, basically he had a, he was involved with an accident and causing causing basically bleeding in his brain, which leads to headaches. I believe he has memory issues, and he gets he gets um, signed up for an experimental brain scan. Which allow, which would allow his doctor, Doctor Mochi, to essentially perform all sorts of treatments on the scan and figuring out what would work best to use on the original. So he gets hooked up. They do the scan. He wakes up on this weird ass station, and he and basically huge ass spoilers. Not only is this in the far future. He's also at the at the fucking bottom of the Marinos Trench, and the original died a long time ago. The guy you've been playing at, it, playing as, is a copy of that brain scan that got put into a um, that got put into a combination of a corpse and robotic parts mixed in with this uh, with this specific type of gel that uh, basically re- resuscitates the body and causes it to merge with that electric with the electronic parts. In a sort of symbiosis, and uh, for a while he thinks he's the real he's the real guy, 
And there's only like little glimpses where he starts where that recollection starts to break down. And there's a there's actually a couple parts where um he has to do the he has to do the scan again. Um because he uh he has to move his his bot his current body can't withstand the pressure to reach the um reach where he needs to go because basically he his the main objective is to like launch a uh, launch an arc which has like a copies of everyone's consciousness in there and launch into space as sort of a um a sort of like a time capsule Eden thing of humanity. So so his current body can't withstand the pressure, so he has to set up a new body. And he he's constantly under the impression that when he goes over this transfer, that it's a cut and paste. It's a tr it's basically he gets moved, but he, it gets it gets referenced multiple times, and even by his companion, that it's a copy and paste. So the key, so basically from his perspective, from the uh, copy's perspective, he did the scan and he's in this new body. But the original is still there and still conscious, so it has to be put to sleep. And there, there's actually a moral choice where you whether or not you actually kill him, the guy you've been playing as, or you, whether or not you just leave him at B, and then he eventually wakes up realizing everything's gone to hell and he has to wander the depths forever. And this happens another time at the end, where you're launching every, launching the ark into space, doing the transfer. And it's another copy-paste. It's no cut and paste. And he just freaks the fuck out. But his con but the consciousness that went onto the Ark, for what all he knows, everything's fine, everything's great, he's experiencing paradise. And that's sort of like the like the long the long and short of it, but um there's a there's plenty of time for he's where he's thought about like what makes him him because Essentially, he's a copy of a copy, like a Xerox of a Xerox. If you're if we're copying Bojack Horseman, <laughs> and his his con his consciousness is essentially a template for AI, and and it's uh, it's pretty cool. But at the same time, you got a whole you essentially got a whole bunch of them like walking around going, "Who the fuck am I?" or thinking that they're this guy from Canada. And I think that like you know con conceptually. <laughs> Stuff like that intrigues me. Because like I on. am so angry right now because Luke that movie you made me watch had that. It's like, okay, first I'm gonna kill my son and put my brain in him. And then he gets yep. a concussion. Suddenly the kid remembers that he was a kid in the past life. And then he dies. But before he dies, Lupa managed to copy his fucking brainwaves. And then the brainwaves <laughs> now belong in the USB that is under the fucking river. And then we never hear of it ever again. Yep. Oh my god, that's actually what happens? Yep. Yes! Color me intrigued. Like I said... <laughs> A lot of interesting parts. Horrible execution. Here's his backstory. Okay, and here's a missile. We're gonna kill him now. Sorry, Joe, I was talking over you. It's fine. That's part of the fucking shit. I'm glad you're losing your shit over this. I told you, it was the best movie to show you. It really was. And then, okay. So there's this thing that I wanted to to bring up. Now you mentioned to me that in Wandavision, Vision, when two visions try to figure out who's who and what's what, and restoring memories and all that, then the new fake sort of vision goes away, not knowing what to do with himself. Right. 
is that is that the constant theme when the ship of the theseus is brought up is that the constant theme that's is a that, good that's a good like, question like i um yeah that... but rather it's a, it's more of an individual question or at least for the both of you is, is that usually the case where it's like this and like that because i'm gonna give you some examples where it all kind of worked out and we don't have to really even think about it <laughs> first bad movie with I don't think was bad, which was kind of okay, would be with Michael Keaton in it, Multiplicity. Haven't seen it, so I am you're me intrigued. Fuck. Yes, you are. <laughs> okay. Freedom, bottom line. Uncle some, in the room. Some, yeah, I know. So, bottom line, story goes, I'm a scientist and I'm tired of working. I'm going to make a clone of myself, so he gets to work and I get to do... I get to go on vacation. Okay. And so that's what he does. He calls himself, and the guy just happens to be a workaholic. And him himself is just like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chill. And then um, the wife is like, you're never home. I need you home. And of course, this keys is, I'm having, I'm playing golf right now, but I can't say that. And then the other guy's like, I'm not going. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cook. I'm not gonna go home do chores. I'm, you know, I'm busy working. I like working. So he makes another one, and it's a version of himself. That wants to stay to home. The, the homestead thing, yeah. the, the home husband thing going on. Right? So everything's nice and dandy until they realize, until the two clones get into trouble of some sorts and they go like, we gotta call the original guy to make a clone. They go like, don't worry about it. Let's just clone you. This is. Now, this goes into what Kirsten was saying, where, you know, the AI is a copy of a copy of a copy. This one is definitely a copy of a copy and he does not end up well. <laughs> Right? He looks exactly like them, but he's kind of um, an idiot. Well, yeah, you reminded me of the yeah. episode of Rick and Morty that kind of has that same thing Me Seeks and Destroy. Yes. Oh, I fucking love Me Seeks. Yeah. In any episode. But <laughs> hold on. So at the end, at the end of it, it's like, okay, you know what? You know, because it's like a family movie whatever he goes like you know what you've learned your lesson you can do all of those that your wife wants you to do and you know you can uh you can you can you can be the perfect husband now and then what about what about the three of you what are you guys gonna do uh you know we'll do something and then they go out and start a restaurant <laughs> hold on i'm not done yet of course you're not that but okay i'm pausing for a second because that's exactly what we almost had the fortunes do <laughs> yes, <laughs> but they start off. They start off doing a restaurant. Now, uh, a different movie, and which is funny. It's uh, it's not it's not in your talking points. I'm gonna squeeze this in there. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. You know which movie I'm talking about. I think so, but just go on. The sixth day. I think it's the sixth day. When did God create humans? The sixth day. The sixth day. Yeah, so the movie's yeah, called The Sixth Day. Yeah, yeah, and again, it's simple. It's like, oh, they clone him, there's two of them, they kill the bad guys, and at the end, he was retired, and then the other guy goes like, okay, don't worry, you can keep your family. Since I'm the clone, I'm gonna go do my job again. Yeah, actually, or I think goes to the, or actually goes Marines or something, or something like that, I don't know, Coast Guard. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen the, I, 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 I don't yeah. think I've seen this yeah. movie, but I've seen this poster for it a lot. 
Yeah, uh, one, I, I just rem remembered um, another exa good example when it comes to the ship of Theseus type of deal would be um, anything involving cyberpunk, especially when it comes to oh, cyberpunk. Yeah. But also, uh, but also, Ghost in the Shell brings mention of it, even though if it's not, even though it's oh, not. Oh, fucking Ghost in the Shell! You're right. Because uh, Mei Kusanagi is, uh, she essentially is a ship of Theseus, uh, and she has this sort of question of identity, whether or not there's enough of her left so that she can still be considered human. And because she's almost completely, completely cybernetic, I believe she's just she, her original consciousness is data. If I'm not mistaken. Yes, um, I think it was one of the later films, or yeah, is the I think it's oh man, I don't, Innocence. I think it was Ghost in the Shell Innocence, where yeah, I think it was she's not even the main character. She just happened. She she shows up, you know. Oh, Bato was the main one. Yeah, probably. yeah, Bato is the main one. Yeah, <clears throat> that film. And you know what? Uh, I guess that does apply, or it it is a. She, thing and I think about it um yeah there was also a role-playing game in which uh oh god I'm blanking on it it's a cyberpunk with also magic and uh a dragon was president oh god it's gonna bug the fuck out of me I'm getting bugged the fuck out what the hell is this and I need to watch it <laughs> oh, she said ro oh, role-playing game. game oh it's a role-playing game I yeah. thought it was like a movie or something I'm like Bro, the president is a dragon. Hold on, I need to write a script about this right the fuck now. And the more enhancement you get, the less that essence comes until you're more machine than man. Oh my god, I am Shadowfall! Shadowfall, that's what it is! Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of Shadowfall before. It's a role playing game. Yeah, it is. Or is it a board game? What is it? Role playing game. gameplay. That's both. Okay. So I think my question to you. But then it also has a video game adaptations. So my question to the two of you is, and it kind of goes off to what you had asked earlier, Joe, is why does this trope keep pop popping up in like you know, in medium? Like why? What is it about like this search of identity that keep keeps like you know intriguing people? I mean, you want me to write an essay about it? I'm not prepared, but <laughs> teacher. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but the, the, that's really what I'm asking. Like you know, that's why I wanted to bring this up. Like, let's just have a conversation about this off the cuff. Why Why does okay, this fascinate well, us? Okay. So, would it be safe to say that the concept of the ship of Theseus is the first one in human history um, that we managed to uncover? Maybe. Well, I mean, I, for it, all it, we know, I'm somewhere. It's, you a, know, it's a paradox. Jesus it's not. And... It's a paradox. Not necessarily. I'm not even sure if it's an actual, like, there's a real life example of it, but um, sure. For all intents and purposes, let's go with yes. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure a real life example is a thing. I mean, definitely a thing. The the, it the doesn't have to be like new part. Uh -huh. The real life example a lot of people reference, and I did look this up weeks ago when we were talking about this originally. Was um the band Yes? No original member is a member oh, yeah, of the band Yes. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Um. Yeah, but there's like a missing there's a missing equation there because you're talking about original ship of Theseus equals replacement parts. When I say equals, that means both exist. That's now true. what happens is the members exist, but the band does not. Right, the original members did exist, but they were no longer in the band. Exactly. Now, if somewhere out there the band of Yes suddenly came back together, 
but since licensing belongs and this is being just technical about it licensing of the name belongs to, to the like, band you know, yes would that to mean the band yes then what would happen is that okay we'll change their name to affirmative and then suddenly the band affirmative is what people listen to because hey they're yes what are you guys we're a cover band for what yes yes so <laughs> yeah i mean so when you look at it that way it's like now we have a more organic human version of an of an entity so you know it's not just chip parts that we're talking about and you know um and the thing about that why it's a little more intriguing than looking at a boat with new parts is that boat has new parts let's assume that the yes guys were replaced by band members of the same freaking age then there is neither old nor new they're just yes old. and not yes that is yes yeah yeah yes precisely god well, hmm. <clears throat> anyway so but the real question was why is is it really the question of uh, which one's old and which one's new, or is it a question of identity? I think it's a question of identity at that point, because yeah, you could easily mm-hmm. say that, like you know, in identity a lot of identity and individuality, right? I think that um, I'll... in in life and in like you know, medium, the search for creating a sense of individuality is always present, but a lot of what people cater themselves to is like the things that they like and so they do imitate the things they like and that part part is part of their individuality it's the same concept of like you know the fact that they say that there is no originality in literature anymore because everything is a quote-unquote copy of another thing because good writers take the things they like and they make them into things that they want to write i think that's what it comes down to yes this is correct but i also agree with the fact that you know you don't have to reinvent the wheel and I think that's what it comes. That's all. You know. Yeah. You don't was... have to reinvent it. Yeah. It's like that old adage: uh, "Good art, good artists copy, great artists steal," which was taken from "Good engineers borrow, great engineers steal," which was also taken from "Good musicians uh, borrow, great musicians steal," which was also taken from. Okay, I'm just done with that one. I it, it, we do it in the teaching world all the time too. Good teachers, you know take from other teachers there's even a website for it, teachers pay teachers by the way if anybody wants to sponsor a teacher in need um i'm just joking i'm just joking um but yeah i t- i get i get material off of teachers pay teachers all the time and yeah i rework it to make it my own stuff for my students but um it's like it's like you said why reinvent the wheel it's um it's very it's difficult to do that and i think that's why um you get so many remakes or, re- or reworks nowadays um, or reboots, I should say. Like how Netflix is the new blockbuster. And now they're doing a special on blockbuster? Uh, what? We've now reached <laughs> the singularity at this point. Right? No, you didn't hear about that? That uh, Netflix is doing a documentary series about the fall of blockbuster. I did not know about that previous to you mentioning that. And a lot of people are like... Uh, I don't know how... Aren't you the reason why blockbuster yeah. died? <laughs> yeah, 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 but it's like... It's like, oh, this is my, like, this this was the older nemesis I fell. I don't know if I'm flexing, but I, or if I'm doing him, giving him honors or something like that. Do, I don't know. Doing, we'll doing we'll the, do, 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 yeah, I kind of want to yeah. watch it. We'll probably do another, like, you know, 
a retro review of that when it pops out. <laughs> would it be a retro review, or is this would, hit the lights at that point? It's, it would be. It would be hit the lights. It would be, but, but it would feel like know, a retro review light. of. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So where were we? Yeah. So Flashpoint, right? Zack Snyder. It's shit's crazy. Oh wait, that was last. That, that was, was last, last week. week. Wrong timeline. <laughs> Wrong timeline. Right. Wrong timeline. Or it could be the same timeline. But which timeline is it really that matters? Okay. Well, I'm. I'm gonna put my take on this. Um. Uh. This. Uh. This ship of Theseus thing. I mean. Sometimes it gets complicated. Sometimes it doesn't get complicated. Now, you're, was it ever an issue in any Star Wars stuff? <laughs> you know, like Attack of the Clones or Clone Wars? Was there ever an issue about individuality? A couple times, yeah. Um, I recently started rewatching the Clone no. Wars series. And um, yeah, there's a couple of clones that were... Um, each clone had their... It's funny enough, they're all, they all sound the same. They all look the same. But a lot of them had their own individual personality. And some of them were quote-unquote default soldier. But the most memorable ones were the ones that managed to break the mold, so to speak. And I think that um, there's something to be said there about that as well. That, like, they're all the same thing. They're all made off the same carbon parts. But they each had their own distinct personality. Now, obviously, you have, like, legions of clones that are just, like, you know, default soldier number six. Uh, but it's just, um, there there are memorable clones in the Clone Wars series that people um, think of, think back to. Um, Commander Rex being one of them. Um, command, uh, what should I call it? Um, a lot of the new ones in this new Star Wars um, spinoff series, the Bad Batch, probably others. Um, and these are all clones that were kind of, like, um, had deficiencies or these clones that had... Um, things that were a little off about them and they ended up turning them into like um, um, a suicide squad so to speak of uh, clones which I thought was an interesting premise or the dirty dozen the dirty dozen you ever seen that movie good movie okay well you know what? I, I, f- I feel that I'd be amiss if I don't mention this you got Avatar Aang and Korra I was thinking about that too and you know there's that mm-hmm. whole th- theme of them like you know I'm not sure have you seen this uh, meme or um the face of your lover will become your face in the after, in the in the, your next lifetime, and if you look at the various oh, different oh. avatars, they each have the face of the previous avatar's um, partner. I guess uh, I've only seen um, the Last Airbender. I've not seen Korra. Oh, you're missing out. Korra's pretty good. Yeah, I know, but every time someone hypes it, I just like, oh, okay, sure, I know it's good. <laughs> the thing is, though, I feel more people more people. Like you know, don't say, don't hype it up. I think that's why I hype it up, because a lot of people shit on it. Because... Well, I guess I. Well, I guess I made good company. <laughs> I, uh, I actually like Cora. Yeah, she's uh she is anti Ang, but at the same time, she has a lot of the same kind of growth of Ang. Yeah, the thing is, is that I think what most people don't get about Cora, and I I noticed this with uh with some other characters like with Ray and Captain Marvel is. Her, uh, the Korra's, uh, let's see, is that Korra's journey is not one of power, per se. It's one of identity and of spirituality and of how much she can take from, from enemies that completely oppose her very being. Her very existence. She, she has to have first Amon who has to help her 
Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go, go. I, please. I love this rant. I'm getting chills right now. Go, go, go. Yeah, because yeah, you have you have Almon who who basically is like, all right, I'm going to erase Bendy. We don't need an avatar. Korra prevails after after a horrific thing about losing her other elements. She gains wind. Um, with um, let's see, with um, oh my god, but, uh, Tonalak, 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 yeah. He's like, okay, we don't need another avatar because I'm going to be the new dark avatar. As as lame as something as you might think that the idea of it, from, or at least the conceptual uh, part of it, is cool. The, then you have then you have the fucking uh, the fucking black lo red lotus red lotus going yeah like, we don't need a new we don't need the fucking avatar because we are going to uh, completely destroy the system Anarchy. and then you have and then you have Koviro's like we don't need the goddamn avatar because I'm going to bring order to everything under my iron fist and everyone just pushes Korra to the fucking limit mentally even and her e even the non-villains even the non-villains like Rizo. Like, you know, the president, oh, yeah. they're like, you know, always like, you know, in a, or, um, what's her face? Um, um, Sue Lin at the very beginning, mm -hmm. she's seeing opposition at every step of her journey of like people telling mm -hmm. her to fitting her in this box and like, you're the avatar. This is the way you're supposed to act. You're this, that because she has this status that she's supposed to be a certain way, act a certain way, speak a certain way, bend a certain way. And mm -hmm. I think that, um, step of journey that step of her kind of coming to terms with who she is and realizing I'm the avatar and you got to deal with it is something that's really powerful to me. I think that's she doesn't, even though she gets challenged about it all the way, she doesn't lose that. And that's why I think the whole like reveal at the end that she's by isn't that shocking to me. Now, I have a feeling that it's a similar deal where the, where the creators were originally had planned it. But they couldn't act upon it because Nickelodeon wouldn't. Yeah, and that's, it's kind of been an issue when it comes to LGBT things, themes, and characters yep. with various shows and animation because it's still kind of viewed as like a kids' medium. So, uh, like a lot of like until more recently, there's been a lot of uh, like coding or saving the reveal of uh, of being LGBT at the very end, where it's just like, well, what are you gonna do? We already put the la this is the last episode. Right, oh and I think that's just that's just uh, an unfortunate um, systematic um, thing that's happened because of like you know so much pushback that people have about acceptance of the LGBT community. Um, yeah, that's why when people because you're about, turning my kids gay. Oh please, that's, that's not why. How that this works. is why when and people were complaining about not people not like being taken out uh, from Space Jam, I was kind of laughing because it's like, it's like, bitch, you don't know how animation companies work, do you? Exactly. Uh, but yeah, sorry. Wait, 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 say that again. What about Space Jam? Oh yeah, uh, Pepe Le Pew was kind of taken from the Space Jam film, and uh, it was it was because because the um it was because the company were uh, want, yanked him. It, it was not due to anybody calling for him to be yanked, and this is something that comp that animation companies do, and because if you're dealing if you're when you're dealing with a client, they have the they have the the say. Like if um, like some like sometimes if a client is dealing it has a property that is that they want to market to a certain demographic or to a young demographic, they will pick and choose elements and even call for things to be plucked out that might, that they fe they feel might offend somebody even if that is not the case. Like for example, uh, the original thing with Pepe Le Pew um, uh, was uh, was something that would have been cathartic um, and would have given him his comeuppance, but they probably were like. Nah, we're not gonna do that. We're just gonna yank that. 
His whole um, scene in the original Space Jam wasn't all that memorable anyway. I don't think that, like, you know, people lose anything other than, like, you know, uh, people, like, just blowing it out of proportion for what it is. Yeah, it's, uh... And, uh, if I, if I remember correctly, one of the fans was actually the cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, but... That's but, all I remember. It's like, oh, wait, his fan is, uh, his longtime sort of weird lover. Yeah, but, but sorry, but my point is, is that, uh, uh, basically, this is kind of, like, like, out, like, behind the scenes with various shows, uh, like, Steven Universe got nailed with it, where they had to cut their, like, where they had to have one of their seasons acts, and they had to rush their ending, because, um, the, uh, there was behind the scenes trouble where they weren't allowed to put a gay wedding, and this was sort of the compromise for being able to finally do it. So, yeah, cut, like, if you're like clients will will do that to you. We'll do that to the artist. We'll kind of like shackle them down or to, or force them to kind of either like neuter themselves or to like try to work around it. So you know, anyway, sorry, that was weird. Over. But, uh, no, this no, is exactly no, no, this I mean, is exactly like, this is exactly why I wanted you to be on the show because I was like, uh, all the off points for the just off point are going to be just on point with you around. Well, here's the thing. I, I also want to get on point with this. I mean. We're discussing we're Thanks. discussing the concept of sheep of Theseus, and at the end of it, or at least at, at this part, we're talking about how individuality is so important. And dipping into that social issue as to why people don't like it there, I mean, just because people might get offended. Now, I I understand that people can get offended, and it's I guess it's okay to I mean it is okay to be offended for sure, but there um I mean, is it accurate to say that some people feel that something like this uh, like, or they have a concept that uh, that that you're turning my kid into something or or you're affecting however it is that your that uh, that your kid is you know um um that feeling you're, or you're, something like that you're influencing my child is that what you're trying to say my my child into yeah yeah yes yes that that's about that's a that's their that's their concern that right? is the concern that most, you know, parents say about censoring some of the um, mediums that you see out and, there. And, would, would it, and it's accurate why some things don't don't work that way. Right. Right. And the thing is okay. That well, it's sort of a it's sort of a weird thing because on the one hand, uh, like uh, like you, most of the time it's the parents who tend to be uh, who or the or that the companies are worried, or at least that worried about about angering. With a yeah, and that's why that's yeah. why they that's why they've been trying to like keep a lot of LGBT, uh, or sorry, LGBT characters and kind of kind of under uh, kind of suppressed until more recently, where where there's been more at there's been more examples of it out in the open, and even then there's a lot of pushback. Um, okay, but not from but not from the yeah, people so... they're afraid of offending, but by other people who, uh, just uh. Some people who don't like LGBT people, or okay, or well or that that included. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, uh, dipping into individuality and how this all ties up for me, at least, is that well, we can all agree that there is no uh, influencing going on if you if that actually happens. The only thing that media can actually reinforce is the freedom of becoming the individual that a young person can be, and even old people. 
like the comfort like um we're not advertising we're not influencing we're normalizing i think yeah i'd say i think that yeah that goes out to how people like put like their pronouns in their um in their bios nowadays even if they aren't like you know um queer they're just like to normalize yeah even if they're cis just to normalize these behaviors because like you know to say that it's okay yeah yeah i think like you know um there is something to be said about that's why this is why individuality is important and you can be the individual that you have to find for yourself without being ashamed of it and i think that's kind of what it comes down to this whole ship of theseus that you maybe yeah you are influenced by outside other things but at the end of the day, you people want to grab onto their own individuality. Now, I don't think that we've talked. We, yeah. I think we can talk about this for another couple hours, to be honest with you. But um, <laughs> easily. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I, I'm actually surprised that it went all the way there. But just going back to the other thing, like. You mentioned Blade Runner. Wait, wait, what is this? Superman, Reign of Superman? What's going on? <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> so I brought up that um, Superman, Reign of the Superman, both the comic book and the movie. You did see it. We we had a DC movie marathon. I probably wasn't there for that. No, you were, but you probably just don't remember that part. Um, okay. In any case, um, after Superman dies, there are four people who take up the mantle of Superman. Oh yeah, that's right. I was there. The robot <laughs> Superman, the uh... cyborg Superman, um, Steel, Superboy, and the Eradicator. And like, um, that goes back to the whole yeah, thing. I... Like, you know, there must always be a Superman. There must always be like that, you know, protector in the sky. And all these people decide to take up that mantle. And that's also kind of one of the things that, like, there must always be a Lupin the Third. There must always be a, you know, a this or that. There must always be a Dread Pirate Roberts. You know, like I think people come up to these respect these ideals and respect these um, concepts that, at least in medium, that they realize that there has to be um, this thing can't go on without like you know it still be without it's still existing. You even see this in the unless new... it's Wolverine. Unless it's Wolverine. <laughs> no, and even that, if you if you look at the comics, there have been like about three other people that have played Wolverine. A lot of them are his clones or his sons, but. It is what it is. Yeah, but still, the actual Wolverine is there. <laughs> I mean, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, though, that kind of like goes into the new Falcon and the Winter Soldier where there must always be a Captain America. And right now you have three people who have played Captain America, in the comics at least, in this current iteration of, um, of Marvel. None of them being the original Captain America. You got, you know... Bucky and Sam, and then you have John Walker, and you know, um, that's an interesting subject too, where like none of these are the original um, Captain America, none of these have the original parts, but each of them have like a fragment of um, what makes Captain America so great, so to speak. And I think that the, each of them right. are like holding on to a bit of that identity. It's also a betrayer. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, and it's also a betrayal to myself if I don't mention Metal Gear. Right. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I was wondering when you would go there. Metal. Metal Gear. What? Yeah. Um, you know, 
um he's got he's got the two clone sons mm -hmm. and which is kind of funny because <laughs> you you got ocelot who became the iteration of his twin brother and then if you look back into um the prequels and the last one uh metal gear solid five and then snake it, eater it's four not, it, it's the big boss right he's the he is the snake yeah naked snake and yeah we're yeah. talking about big boss and you realize that the entire game you weren't playing big boss you were playing a copy of him and it's not even he's not even a clone they just like gave him surgery to make him look like that and then venom snake guy? you realize i'm sorry oh is that uh that's venom right it's, I think it's Venom, Venom Snake, yeah. But um, pretty much, it 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 did the full circle because you have the you have the original, well, not the original, but like the PlayStation One snake. stuff and and Snake, and then uh, you get um, you get the the prequels of Snake Eater, and then uh, then the last one, which is MGS Five Phantom Pain, and then what happens there? is that it does the full circle because in the original Metal Gear Solid on the NES, you go up again, uh, you have Big Boss telling you what to do and who to fight and then ending up fighting him in the end. And that Big Boss, you kill him. And yeah, you actually do kill Big Boss. And then in Metal Gear 2, which is still on the NES, you realize he's still alive, but he's not. It's just the OG Big Boss. And then you realize that you actually didn't kill him. <laughs> it's it's a it's so convoluted, but I fucking love it. But yeah, uh, it's safe to say that this the thematic is something that we see in all the time. It's why I figured this is going to be something that's worth talking about. Yeah, but okay. So here's the other here's the other thing when you talk about Shadow Thieves and how there will always be, for example, in this case, Metal Gear, there shall there will always be a snake, a big boss, or a, a big and boss, and a snake. In a sense, but at the end of it, the actual concept is one anti-war. However, every the world has to go in it has to go into this constant cycle. It's fucking amazing that I think about it. Like you're talking about ship of thesis, and then suddenly you're talking about something repeating itself over and over, only you know in different shapes. So I guess it's not just individuality; it's just something repeating itself over and over again. Ad infinitum. Yeah. yeah, wars happen all the time. Plagues happen all the time. It's kind of, and it's interesting, kind of seeing the different different offshoots of different ways that they kind of that it they kind of blossom into their own thing. Exactly. Maybe the constant cycle isn't a constant cycle, and the search for individuality is just a way to evolve. Now there's yeah. a concept. And I think that goes back to what I was saying earlier about that in the search of individuality, we seek the things that we find to be good in the world. And we, we, we don't reinvent the wheel and we take those things upon ourselves. Yeah. It's not you're reinventing the wheel. The wheel just gets better. Exactly. Hopefully that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> there are no guarantees. Like even though I do put a similar, similar things into both my wrestling character and also into Fortune, the two kind of branch off into into completely different characters. And I think that's worth saying, too, that, like, you know, we, when role players and we, us that, like, you know, do gaming and storytelling, 
we take the things that we like and we like you know we, we when we discuss you know both fortune and heidi's origins um you yourself mentioned that you take the things you like and you build upon it and we build it into something new and over the course of the different fortunes it reminds me of that, uh... I'm sorry, this reminds me of that one meme from Wonder Woman, even though I haven't seen it. It's good, but it could be better. <laughs> yes. But I have this Go on, Zextra. Watch it. Oh, no, no, wait, this is different. That was easy. Oh, God, my brain. No, I failed as a nerd. No. <laughs> it's okay. Bring back, bring back, uh, you know, just build a new version of yourself, and then you can get it right. There you go. Okay, um, good. Different timeline. I'll, I'll make it immediately. There you go. I think that's what this whole conversation boils down to. And I, to also say that it seems like I would be remiss about like the all the more we can talk about this topic. But there's a lot there. I keep on saying this, but there is so much to say about this topic. And that's why I found it so interesting. And I knew that you and your it love also of, involves forgive and forget. You and your love of sci-fi and Kristen, you and your love of identity. I think we're the perfect two to like talk about this subject. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, these are things that I think we as people struggle with all the time. Finding our place in the world, finding our individuality, how those two match. And that's kind of one of the reasons why this 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 trope keeps on being seen again and again and again and again. In mediums, in real life, everywhere. Hell, even my own name is like, you know, in reference to my dad's name, who is in reference to my grandpa's favorite baseball player. There's a ship of Theseus if you ever Bro. seen one. And then you do you have you and your brothers. You, your dad, or the baseball player. Right? I'm myself, but I <laughs> you know, I take things from all these things because I'm like, I feel like I have a legacy to live up to. And I think that's the end of the thing, the thing that's most important. Legacy. You think legacy, I think just getting better as time progresses. Why not? You're not both? the same person as you were ten years ago. No, I'm definitely not. Both literally and well, figuratively. The reason why you know what? It's both <laughs> because knowing knowing your legacy makes you not repeat your mistakes. Exactly. Don't they say that That's like a nice you know? Wrap up. I think that is a nice wrap up. <laughs> Don't they say that you are actually not the same person you were ten years ago? That all your skin cells from back then are gone. <laughs> I was about to mention that. Yeah. Or that uh, like so Nothing. like so much of you has died and have been absorbed into itself as new cells are formed, and how much of you is really you and also not even just the physical but also the mental because you start off as this child but this uh but who you are and your and your mindset gets shaped and chipped away at due to struggles and 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 joys in life i don't know what you're talking about i still like to stay up late and watch cartoons <laughs> but, well some things do something but if somebody were to take like a ten-year-old version of me and and bring and basically um, and just put, put me side to side with her and just have, we both talk about the exact try try to talk about the exact same topic, we probably would branch off into like in like in completely different directions. It's true. I would mean. I think the conversations with myself ten years ago, as I'm on the eve of celebrating my twenty-ninth birthday, would be vastly different 19 year old me and 29 year old me yeah right wait you're turning 29 next year you're not yeah i am no you are well in your time i'm already 29 it's not so far from me it's not so far from me 
Not anymore. Not anymore. God, you remember when I was 30? <laughs> How long was that? 20, 10 years ago? The fuck? Joking. <laughs> Uh, well, I think that was good. You're being 29, and oh, you're—that was, was dumb. <laughs> That's what we do here. Um, we get just so soft yeah. Point. Um, take another drink. Take another drink. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? The, the, this was a. Uh, this was very interesting. It really. Go. It really went places. I knew it would. I, ex- um, I knew you would not. I, I didn't expect. I didn't expect it would. All according oh. to plan. <laughs> this is why I'm the note taker, Joe. Yeah, yeah, you are the note taker, yeah. and I'm, re- I'm recklessly attacking. Attacking. Yes, attacking. You know, like reckless attack, like, like tactless. <laughs> you are tactless. <laughs> Um, but I think that's a good way to wrap up this session. Um, thanks all for joining us. Yeah, uh, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Kirsten, thank you. Oh, and by the way, if, if we haven't mentioned it before, uh, although I think we did, uh, Kirsten did our, uh, our artwork. Yeah, go check her out and, on her, uh, at her socials, know. which will be posted somewhere wherever they are posted. Uh, thanks, producer. Yeah, uh, remember to follow us on our Instagram uh, page and our... Uh, Facebook page eventually. I eventually, think. Uh, it and should be up by now. Should be up by now, and I think we'll have a Twitter account as well. Follow us there to get updates about the show. Yeah, um, yeah all yeah, our and, socials uh, will be, be posted in wherever they're supposed to be. Kristen, thank you again for being such a guest. Your socials will be posted here, and of anything you want to promote. Any shout-outs you want to give before we Hope end the show? To have you in the future, Justin. Oh well. Uh... Well, I would recommend checking out MPW TV uh, because that is that is Millennium Pro Wrestling. They um, re- they're starting to get their shows back up, so they'll have matches on on their YouTube page. Can um, we see some of your old matches on the page as right now, or no? Uh yes. Um, they're not separate. Uh, they're part of the bigger shows, but um, yeah, there was a uh, there there's some interesting storylines I've been involved with. Um, I'm hoping that with all the stuff I've been working on to be um, that to basically kind of polish up a bunch of stuff. I can, I uh, when I get back to it, I can put on some matches that'll hopefully be very damn good. I've, because I've, I've struggled to get where I am today, and I will show everyone that I am worth it. And <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, also uh, Comptomania, they uh, they they also uh, do some good work. Um, I've also worked with OCCW, Destination um, Six, um, but yeah, uh, I think. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna have a. Uh, I'm gonna set up my personal website so um, to probably to put my web, put my matches on. I can talk. Yes, you can. You have for the past. What is two and hours? Two and a half hours? I lost track of the time. Oh yeah. I, it's kind of interesting being being somebody who had delayed speech and also was quite due to uh, not being that great at communicating is end up being incredibly verbose and very colorful with the language. It's... Are you kidding? I'm just winging everything I hear from you. Kristen, <laughs> thank you for being such a wonder and a joy to have, not only as a friend, but as a um, person on this show. Like truly, 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 the things that you bring to our D and D table, the things that you bring to our uh, circle of friends, 
is something that I cherish, and I just wanted to say that first and foremost. Thank you guys very much. It's, uh, you guys definitely made DMing very, uh, uh well, not only very entertaining, but you also got, but also, Joe, you've definitely been keeping me on my toes. That's for sure. Because, uh, <laughs> there's, like, so many different ways that, or at least, um, it's led to some hilarious moments, like trying to use a blight spell on a warforge and just having it go like, like uh, Tony Stark taking Loki's scepter, just going tink. Or you know the whole thought of using a moose carcass to get a dragon to fight another dragon. God, that was while riding said moose, like mm -hmm. a surfboard. Oh my God, it was beautiful. <laughs> The sheer shenanigans that happen when the three of us and the rest of our crew are at the table are something to behold. Um, we'll probably get other, others from our table as guests in future episodes of The Uncanny Dodge. But hopefully, if you have a story that you want us to share, um, go ahead and, you know, hit us a follow. And, um, you know, DM us if you have a story that we want it to be told. Um, I yeah, think uh, eventually we're going to do some hashtags on Twitter, too. <laughs> eventually. But um, with all that said and done, uh, thank you again for listening to The Uncanny Dodge. I'm sorry. This was the, not The Uncanny Dodge. To Just Off Point. I said this title so many times and I forgot it right now. Thanks for listening to Just Off Point. I'm Dexter. And, and this was Joe. Yes, it is. And, um, we'll and uh, we'll see you guys next Monday, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see you next Monday where we will be talking about... We're actually going to be doing Idiots That Read Books. I'm so excited for that one. Oh, damn, we need people to read. Yeah, we're going to need to get How some many readers. Characters you got? Don't um, worry, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later, but yeah. This is not a meeting. This is not it's a meeting. It could be an email. Don't worry about yes. It. <laughs> All right, then. All right, signing off. See you around, people. See you next Monday. Yeah.